Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. a podcast where me and Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could come into a um, a mold for ice cubes and then put them in my drink and say, don't you like salty water? My guest today is an actor, a writer. You know him from the smash hit series on Netflix called A Big Mouth and Human Resources. They have a new self-help book. Hey, you gotta be you. I have it in my hand. It's hey. available September 27th. So I got an early copy. You better believe I've got Brandon Kyle Goodman. Hey, go, go, go. Hello. <laughs> hi, 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 hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. What a treat. Your book cover is so fucking fun. Purple Thank one. You. My favorite color. A leather or pleather skirt, whatever. Dealer's choice. Very cute. <laughs> Big old hat. I love it. Yes. Just queer and black. Yeah. Thank you. And I do think more queer black people need more visibility, which hey, is funny. Talk about it. Because we're very visible. We're very visible. You know what I mean? We're in everything, but we're not there. It's wild. And like fat black women need more visibility, which yes. is fully ironic. <laughs> because uh, we the biggest bitches out there and we need to give y'all some more value <laughs> some more work some more money honey yes uh, give me that money coins 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 
And I was campaigning for an Emmy. My whole campaign said, give me an Emmy. She did not win because it would be homophobic if RuPaul didn't win. And I say that with love. Because <laughs> I love RuPaul. Yes. Thankful that, <laughs> that I'm allowed to be part of the show. Listen, that's a good person to lose to. Oh, it's my favorite. We lost our NAACP award to the Obamas, so I was like, to the Obamas, <laughs> to the Obamas, just the Obamas. Barack Obama was nominated for an Emmy this year, and when I heard his name being said, I said out loud, and I didn't even realize I said it. I said, "He has enough." <laughs> he was president. Like, what? what? He's good. Y'all want to give he's, him more? Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and now we're gonna give him entertainment awards? No, 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 no. He doesn't need those. He's fine. He's set. Although, I did see a video. Did you know he was nominated? I feel like it's just like amongst the many accolades. It's just kind of like at that point, you're like, "Uh." Maybe. I don't know. He was probably like, what? An Emmy? Not another Nobel Peace Prize? That was a terrible Obama impression. I'll own it. It was bad. Although, okay, I love our first black president, but I did see a video Recently, that resurfaced because Alabama right now, Jackson, Alabama, is having a water crisis. Yes. Nobody's really fucking talking about it because it's a black community. But these people can't fucking bathe, brush their teeth. They have to get bottled water. And then Flint still doesn't have fucking water still. It's been fucking years. And there's a video of Obama going to Flint and pretending to drink the water. And oh no, I don't. I don't know how real it is, but I saw it on like several different things. But you know how things get like skewed and whatnot. And I'm just like, why isn't environmental crisis when they happen to black people important? If it happened to Beverly Hills, if Beverly Hills had brown fucking drinking water. Oh, baby. Ew, what are we, what? That should be cleaned in a, in a minute. Well, that's the thing I always say about New York, right? Like whenever it snows, I used to live in Harlem, uh, 145th and, uh, 145th yes, and Broadway. So like up in. Shut up. We were neighbors for a little bit. Yes. Do you remember that McDonald's right on 146th Street? Yes. 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 At the corner. Yes. They called it the T-word McDonald's. Not me. The girl, the working girls. Oh, okay. Uh, the sex workers who would frequent there. So I would get there super, super like late at like 3, 4 a.m. when they were switching menus. So sometimes I'd be like, can I have a chicken nugget as an appetizer? <laughs> and then I'd give me my pancakes. And all the girls thought I was very funny. <laughs> I love that vibe. <laughs> also, chicken nuggets and pancakes. Uh, that sounds like the best. Um, it's like, it is. It's kind of like fried chicken and waffles, but like a yes. McDonald's version of it. One thousand percent. I forget why I was telling you I was up there. Oh, when they when it snows, um, and I would work on the Upper West Side. Snow was gone. Like it was like it didn't snow mm-hmm. on the streets. But mm-hmm. if you went uptown, baby, we were in the avalanche. And I think that yes. that is the same thing. Wherever black and brown people exist, there is not the same priority or quickness yeah. or uh you know in investment in our safety it is fully wild yeah the fervor's not there for us and mm-hmm. i sometimes i'm like why don't we band together and figure it out but then it's like why are we paying taxes <laughs> why do i pay taxes if i have to fucking figure shit out i know we, we dodging a lot we, we're trying to stay mm-hmm. alive we're trying to survive mm-hmm. we're trying to get ahead mm-hmm. and we got to worry about plowing these streets <laughs> and our water <laughs> like come on i'm tired I'm tired Wait, where did you work on the upper west side 
I used to be a spin and bar instructor at a company called Flywheel Sports. It was kind of like the, it was a competitor at one point to SoulCycle. Um, mm. And so I used to teach on the Upper West Side. I used to teach in all the white places, Upper East Side, Chelsea, Ooh. All, the, oh. with, with all the fancy white ladies and a couple of fancy oh. white men. Hello, fancy white men. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been very intimidated of classes like that. I just get intimidated by classes in general because... People claim that they're inclusive. Yes, be a fatty. They love it. They want to help you. They don't want to help you. They want to giggle at you. They want to tell you you're doing shit wrong. It's mean. I there and you know there are clients who love the mean energy, and I never understood that. Like people like yeah, I, love yeah. a mean instructor. I'm like that is not my vibe, babe. Like I'm here. I want to be praised. <laughs> I want a red carpet. <laughs> I want cold water that has like you know infused cucumbers in it. Like take yes, care of me, babe. Give me that spa water. <laughs> yes, the spa water I need. Yeah, no, I can't do that. The main shit. Um, so wait, do you live in LA now? I do. Uh, seven years next week. Uh, we're recording this early, but September fifteenth is my seven year anniversary. That's I crazy. love that. My anniversary is October something. I'd have to go back in my calendar to see what the actual date was. But I did not want to leave New York at all. Are you from New York? Well, I grew up in Jersey, oh, and then <laughs> yeah, throughout high school, would just like go to the city, Always. hang out in the city all the time. And then I was like, well, obviously I have to live there. And every time I go back, I go, oh, Lord, it's hard. It's hard. And, you know, I always say, like, even when I go back for work, when you go back for work, it's so cush because they treat actors and talent like, you know, gods. Oh, you're in a beautiful <laughs> hotel of your choosing, honey. They flew you first class on a flatbed. Yes, the per Ooh, They're diem. picking you up in a nice car. Absolutely. Yes. The man <laughs> says it's the heir to your liking. There's water and snacks in the back. And I say, oh, don't mind if I do. My purse is thirsty. <laughs> Take all that shit. Take all of it. I'm taking all this, but it's still difficult. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. It's still, it's still difficult. It's tough. Yeah. Um, Did today, that sound crazy? Did that just sound so privileged? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm here for black luxury, okay? Black people being soft and having nice things and being bougie. <laughs> Fuck it. Here we are. Yeah. I like, I, I'll talk about bougie shit because the world loves to knock me down pegs all, all the time. I was going for a voiceover recording. This is maybe last week. And I said the name of the production. Let me see if I can figure out a, a different name for it. It was like, <laughs> it was like climb, climb time. And I was like, I'm here for a climb time. And they were like, I don't know what. No, um, I think you, you, you belong upstairs for fine time. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm saying no, no. climb time. And he's like, I don't know. Who's your contact? Call them. You don't belong here. And he kept saying the words, you don't belong here. And <sighs> that is triggering because Oof. it's happened before. And what they're implying is you, black person, yeah. don't belong at this production. Yes. And I know some listeners who are of the Elijah Persuasor and are like, you're reading too much into it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because people change after someone else goes, no, no, no. Nicole is the lead of this. She's on the production. Then that man was like, oh, no, I thought you said something that rhymed with what I said. And I said, <laughs> I just looked at him and I said, oh, Okay. And he was like, right this way. And then he was like, are you having a good day? And I said, no. <laughs> because when you realized you were wrong, you could have said sorry, sorry or anything to acknowledge that I am a human being that you were just being rude to. Yeah. And that old white man just blinked at me. 
And then when I was leaving, tried to say goodbye again. And I said, no, I don't fuck with you. No. And then continued talking to the engineer because I was like, no, if you can't be nice or just all you had to say was, my God, I am so sorry that you said something that rhymed with the production here and that I thought it rhymed with. And you know I, that's I, bullshit. My, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, you were like, climb time. <laughs> Period. Climb time. Not fine time. What's, what fine time is happening upstairs? Sir, I hate you. I hate that man. Ugh. I hate him for you and I hate him with you. Thank you. Absolutely. If you send me a picture and I see him, we could jump him. Oh my God. Thank you. I will love that. He would go down hard. <laughs> but today I was in Stygia City because I had to do another voiceover. And I was like, I never eat breakfast. I think I'm going to have a smoothie. Do you have smoothies? <laughs> I do. Oh, over there. You were asking if they had smoothies. Have I you ever had like, a yes, smoothie? <laughs> have you had a smoothie? <laughs> What's your favorite smoothie? Do you remember Jamba Juice? That used to be my jam. That Okay, I was looking for a Jamba Juice, and then I was looking for a Planet smoothie, and I was like, I guess the smoothie game has changed. It's changed a lot. You got to go to, like, the, like, vegan... I think it's, like, the vegan spots, like, the Earth yes. bars and things now make Yeah, I went smoothies. to a place called What a Peach, which is around the corner from, like, this gym. So, like, I ordered my stuff, and then these very, like, buff people came out, and this one man was like, I know you from Instagram. He's like, yeah, you should follow. Uh, I got like some really great stuff on there, good content. And I was like, I hate the world we live in. <laughs> I was like, give me my chocolate peanut butter smoothie, which probably isn't healthy. <laughs> Babe, I just want my smoothie. I'm not looking for good content. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here for the content. For the okay, content. we talked about me for 11 minutes. <laughs> I love that you have time. Let's <laughs> talk about you. What do you want to know okay. about? Wait, you're young. I'm young? Yes, you graduated from Tish in 2009. Yes. Thank you for calling me young because they really do be calling me old. My husband calls me old a lot. He's 33. That's rude. I'm 35. Wait, how did I think you were younger than that? No, 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 no. Because my skin... Because of Botox? Because <laughs> of lasers? I don't know. 2009 <laughs> seemed like such a long time ago. It does, but it... it and it is. Or no, such a short time ago in my brain. Short time. No, it's really long. Because we're 2023. 2009. I don't, I don't do math well, but you know, I, it's, I don't it's know. a long time ago. What was Tish like? White. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and chaotic. Mm -hmm. And also fun and exciting because you know you're like literally in the middle of new york city and uh you know if you're queer you know it can be a wonderful space if you're poc and queer it can be an adjustment still but it was it was great you know like your your campus is the low like is the village is the greenwich yeah. village west village and so it's just not i don't think it's a typical college experience i went to boarding high school which was probably closer to uh, a college experience as we had like one main campus you went to boarding high school yes boarding high school in rome georgia you want to hear something rome? crazy want to hear something really fucked up what? My freshman year of high school in Rome, Georgia, at Darlington School. Oh, Georgia. There was a there were three new history teachers that were there my first year. It was Mrs. Higgins, it was Mr. Hitch, and it was Mr. DeSantis. 
Yes, that DeSantis in Florida. Ron DeSantis was your teacher? He was not my teacher. He was, I think, in the house above me, but he was one of the history teachers um, because he was like the sophomore year history teacher. But I used to cross by him and it was always bad vibes. And then when I like made the connection recently that it was the same person, I was like, oh, that that tracks. That's why I always had bad vibes with him. Interesting. He probably was one of those people that was like, the Civil War was about states' rights, not slavery. Probably. I'm oh. grateful I wasn't in his class. But yes, uh, now I'm wondering what kind of history he taught. You're absolutely right. What that a was fucking tragic. nightmare. Fucking nightmare. Um, but yeah, Rome, Georgia. So I went to school. It was like an hour outside of Atlanta, about mm, 10 minutes from Alabama, like the border. One time got chased by the KKK. It was good times. No, no, no. Wait, was it like... <laughs> Were they in full geesh? Like, were they in... No, it was scarier than that, honestly, in some ways. It was... So, okay, so my best friend at the time, uh, we're still close, but uh, was a white woman. Um, I'm a black person. Uh, And (laughs) her family moved to uh, this, like, lake house in Alabama, which wasn't too far from the school because, like I said, by the border. So one day we were in Rome. One evening we went into Rome to watch a movie, The Da Vinci Code. So I'm like really dating ourselves. We like watch The Da Vinci Code. We're like on our way back to Alabama. Um, and we have the cho- choices of like doing the front roads or the back roads. Now in Alabama in this part, it's the same except the front roads you have to stop at stoplights. The back roads you don't. Okay. So we're like, all right, bet. Take the back roads. So we take the back roads. We got the brights. We're driving to the back roads. And there we come up uh, behind a pickup truck. Red pickup truck going kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my friend goes, oh, shit, my brights are on. Because then they turn into like a garage, like a little parking garage. Mm-hmm. As they turn, and I kid you not, it's like time slowed down. Her brights hit the bumper stickers and it was two Klansmen on each side of the bumper. And she was mm-hmm. like, is that the... And I was like, uh-huh. And she steps on the gas and keeps going. Suddenly they pull out of that garage and now they're behind us. And this very slow pickup truck is going very fucking fast on our ass. We are trying to call the police, trying or not trying to call mom, trying to call dad, can't get in touch at all. Wait, did you freeze? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm raptured <laughs> with this story. Your face did not move. I was like, oh, wait, did it freeze? Did we get out? <laughs> no, I'm frightened for your safety. And I know you yes. turned out okay. We turned out okay. We worked out. Yes, we like, it was like uh, no service, couldn't get a hold of her dad, couldn't get a hold of her mom. Uh, she was like, all right, I'm going to make this right turn on the way to the house. If they follow, we just have to keep going to the gas runs out because I just can't take them to our house. I was like, we can call the police. She was like, no, we can't call the police because the chief is probably the head of the fucking KKK. Oh I was like, God. oh, fair. Good call, good call. So here we go up to this turn. She makes a sharp right and they keep going straight so they don't follow us. Ten minutes later, we get to our house. We finally get a hold of her mom. We like run into the house and tell her mom what happened and her mom literally goes, oh, well, they were probably just trying to scare you. And I was like, that is the wildest thing i've ever (laughs) fucking heard it was crazy they were probably just (laughs) trying to yeah and then maybe fucking string you up like what the fuck people you know i love my white friends we love a lot of them they're nice they're kind but sometimes they have no idea what rear like fear is like that shit's scary it's fucking scary when someone throws the n-word at you out the window of a car or like someone with an american flag hat and an american flag shirt starts coming at you a way that you're like 
I don't know if this is going to end good. I don't know if it's going to end well. I mean, I say this uh, all the time. Like, even just, like, hearing a police siren, even though I know it's not coming. Like, when Mm -hmm. you're driving and you hear a police siren or you just see a police car, my body immediately tenses up in a way that, like, I know it doesn't tense up for my white friends. Like, I know I'm driving well. I know I got everything together. But I'm immediately like, where's my insurance card? If they stop me, do I go on Instagram Live? Like, how do I feel? Mm -hmm. Like, all these things immediately go through my head that I know that my white friends do not. Here's a wild thing. So like a lot of that always goes through my head. I never have my insurance card with me. (laughs) Terrible. I never put the stickers where you're supposed to on the back of your car. I'm like begging to be pulled over at all times. Also, I'm unhinged. I say whatever's on my mind. But the only saving grace is if a cop shoots me, they're shooting America's sweetheart amongst children. <laughs> and what a conversation parents are going to have to have with piece. their kids. Racist police officers, gun down your favorite cake lady. And you're like, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> and we got to talk about why and like why it happened. Sure, she wasn't doing anything legal. <laughs> she didn't have any of the things that she needed. She mouthed off a little bit. But they could have just taken her in a walk. So that's could, honestly yeah. how I live my life, which could be bad. I need you to print your insurance card out and put it in your glove compartment. That's that's your job today. Well, one, uh, you know, okay, that's a good job, but one would have to find it. Uh, that is the thing. I'd have to find it first. Oh, and that's very hard. I that's know I'm paid up on everything. Like I know my, I just paid my registration. Um, my insurance called and they were like, "Hey, bitch, you need to re up." I said, "Thank you." Thanks so much for the courtesy call. Yeah, I'm like good to drive. I just don't have the documentation to tell me I'm good to drive. But you know what? How come in their fucking computer system, you can't pop in my name and it says paid up? Period. Same with like the IRS. Like, why do I have to do these taxes? Y'all just send me the invoice. Like, what's going on? Let me tell you something. (laughs) They know. They They already know how much I've made Because if I fuck up, y'all know. (laughs) You know. Why do I have to do anything? Anything. Just send me the invoice, mama. (laughs) Drop it. Text it. My God. I had a friend tell me this story about how the IRS called him. And he was like, talking about how much money he owed. And I was like... Why are you lying to me? The IRS never calls. They only send you letters. Um, <laughs> and I just got a letter from the IRS saying, nobody's calling. If they're calling, <laughs> it, don't answer. No. Um, it's very, very. It's always no mail and you miss it. Because <laughs> I don't check. Do you, how often do you check your mailbox? Every single day. I love getting the mail. Oh, good for you. I never check it. Well, here's the thing. The lock is broken on my mailbox. I cannot leave uh, things in there for too long. Fair. Because who knows who's going to rummage through it. Fair. Again, another thing I could simply fix. <laughs> but I why? truly just don't have the time. It's fun to live on the edge. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, your mother, she's yes. from Trinidad. And Tobago, yes, but Trinidad, yes. And Tobago. What do they speak in Trinidad? Um, English, but Patois. It's like a, there's yeah. like a Patois, so like Jamaica, the Caribbean in general. There's there's a mm-hmm. Patois, but it's English. Have you been? Um, I haven't been since I was a child, honestly. Like maybe like nine or ten was the last time I was there. Mm, I want to go so bad. And your mother is an actress. 
My mother, yes, was an actress. Now she's a born again Christian and she loves Jesus. Yes, queen, you find Jesus and you can't say some of the shit people write. <laughs> <laughs> period. Period. When you find Jesus, you can't be on all these HBO shows, baby. They do a nasty uh, stuff. Uh, you want me to show a titty and not for Jesus? Not for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like growing up with a mother who was an actor? Um, It was fun and wild and now that i'm in the industry i have a lot of respect uh for what it was to be an actor to be black to be a woman and to have a child like that is crazy that she was able to really sustain a career and and send me to private school and you know keep up all the things that you know come with having a child a little alone <laughs> being an adult um in an industry that you know wasn't talking about black as beautiful wasn't you know and she had natural hair long locks you know where there wasn't an appreciation for her dark skin for her being an immigrant like there just wasn't um the same visibility and conversations that are happening now and even now we're like so behind so imagine the 90s the 80s like it's yeah. just crazy it is crazy to think about I constantly think about living single and how everyone but Kim Fields, I think, had like natural hair. Like, I think Queen Latifah was just wearing like a flat iron, like, you know, uh, press out or whatever. Maxine Waters. That's not her real name, but Maxine. Yes, Erica Alexander. No, no, Maxine Waters is in the government. Sorry, Maxine Shaw. (laughs) Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. My God. (laughs) My God. And I went along with it. I was like, yes, Maxine Waters on Living Single. Yes, I remember. (laughs) She was a dark-skinned woman with dreads. Yes. And I feel like I didn't see that often, but you saw it with like Whoopi Goldberg and then I don't know. I feel like the representation of that has gone away a lot. Yeah. Like you don't see it a lot. Like Lupita Young, I don't know if I say her last name right. To her credit, I feel like I have never seen her in like a straight weave. I think she only really does natural styles, and I love that. Yeah. I love seeing um, Mama Obama in her braids at the unveiling of the portrait last night, yesterday. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes, she was wearing her beautiful braids as they unveiled her um, her portrait, which was just so wonderful and powerful, you know, to see that representation there. I gotta see it. Gotta look for it. And I think Viola Davis does it, too. Viola Davis. And, and Cynthia Erivo always rocking the natural shortcut. Um, so I feel like I feel like it's out there a little more, which is really nice and I think uh, important. It is nice, and I do love it. And it's so wild to me that like, if you Google like office hairstyles, you won't see like a black woman's hair. And then like, <laughs> there are some laws in some states where it's like you can't have dreads and work. Like it's it's insane. wild. Yeah, that crown act is important. I mean, you can't go to school. Some of these, you know, kids are getting kicked out of school or suspended for their box rates or whatever. And you're like, Ugh. what? Why? It is so wild. How poorly. I mean, people listening to this podcast are like, oh, great. Two black people just complaining about how black people are treated. But guess what? Like, I don't know. Life. Get into it. It's giving. Did Get you into see that fucking a video on Twitter of... um? I think it was Zoe at Sesame Street being mean to the two little black girls. Did you see that? <gasps> yes. And then recently at Disney World, the happiest fucking place on earth, Rapunzel was uh, ignoring a little black girl. What is that? I don't know. What is that? In the words of Cardi B, what is that? I'm so confused. What is that? 
And not to like demean or like be rude to someone who works in a theme park, but I'm sorry. You're a blue fuzzy person who has to sweat in the heat. The least you could do is wave at a fucking kid. Absolutely. What are you? Who are you discriminating against? I'm so confused. You're not Zoe. You are Natalie who goes home and lives in a studio apartment. Like, nothing wrong with a studio, but Natalie... Nothing about that, but waving them fucking kids. Wave. It's your job. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's a really... Those things were really painful to watch because... You know, you and I, we deal with whatever racism, whatever homophobia, misogyny, whatever that is. But as adults, to watch kids have to deal with it, it's painful for us as grownups. But to watch kids have to experience their favorite characters Uh ignoring, it's it's like how evil of a person do you have to be to ignore a child like that? Right? It's just... And if you don't like kids, you chose to be... In a place where there's kids. There's so many other jobs you could do, right? baby. Anything you know, else. Anything else. Anything else. Anything else, baby. Also, are you a Disney person? Um, Yes. I'm not like a Disney adult, but I do have <laughs> like a Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse poster over there. We love animation. I, you know, I have Disney Plus. Hey, Disney, I want to be in Marvel. Hey, Marvel. <laughs> but I'm not having my wedding at Cinderella's castle. You know that energy? That's not my energy. Yeah, that energy is <laughs> wild to me. That's not my energy. Yeah. I went to Disney. I've been to Disney twice in one week because oh my God. somebody in my life likes Disney. Um, <laughs> Stressful. The chaos. <sighs> Theme parks really stress me the fuck out. It's a lot of walking. Did you do did you do the I hear there's like a VIP version where like you pay some come thousands of dollars, but then like you cut all the lines and the next time I go, that's what I'm doing because I cannot deal with this. Period. Waiting online with these ugly fucking families. <laughs> it is wild to see an ugly person holding hands with another ugly person and looking down and seeing four ugly children being like, how? How didn't the ugly skip a generation or something? Like, how, are, how did you leave your home being like, we're fit for the world? And I know people are going to get mad at me and be like, Nicole, everyone's beautiful to somebody. Guess what? These people at Disney were not beautiful to me. Um, I did have a point about Disney. I can't remember it. <laughs> you start thinking about those people you saw and you said, I'm distracted. Yeah. Oh, I guess we were talking about Zoe being mean to those blackheads. And then I was thinking about Disney. And Rapunzel and I, oh. was mean at Disney. But here's my question. And we will talk about dating at some point. Sure, sure, sure. Have you seen... The Disney Light Show. Oh yes, when like the parade, the light parade. No, so there's the I think it's called like the Electro Street Parade or something. That's yeah. just like on Main Street, but by Pirates of the Caribbean, there's like a full blown light show with pyrotechnics and a giant ship, and it's like Disney's imagination or not Disney. Oh fucking mickey's imagination and then all these people these like giant heads are moving their bodies in the weirdest way oh, it was no. like impressive but also insane i was like what are we all watching what is also, this <laughs> you're also like with that money we could maybe fix the water in jackson mississippi kind uh, of <laughs> every time I'm, i like, like went on the cars ride and i was like this ride is inside the size of a home and some people don't have homes. <laughs> yes. I was like in a big car is talking to me and now I get to race around. I was like, there, what, are we, what are we all doing? Yes. yes. Do you find it's that like insane. as you get older, like the things that were like exciting and fun 
and beautiful as a kid or even as like in your 20s. But now that you're like, I'm a grown up who pays taxes and bills, I'm kind of like, wait, there are people who don't have anything. And yet y'all got yeah. this kind of light show going. Couldn't y'all like cut that budget in half and maybe, yes. I don't know. <laughs> like, yes, I get really irate when I see what the starting rate like wages are at like a fast food restaurant where I'm like, wait a minute. So uh, McDonald's is this like global conglomerate global. that makes billions of fucking dollars a year. Probably trillions. Trillions, trillions, uh, quadrillion. And their CEO, CFOs, VPs, all these people make so much money. But the person who has to deal with the public and people screaming about machines being broken and throwing french fries in their faces get $9 an hour? Crazy. And I'm like, and I know people are like, well, if you want if you want to get paid more, get a better job. No. Why do the people who don't do anything get paid so much, but the people who actually do the work get paid so little? I feel like it should I feel like there should be salary caps on CEOs. Yes. If you make X amount of money and profit, you have to give it back to the the workers. I don't know. The older I get, the more I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, that energy of like, oh, you should just get a better job. It's like, what are you talking about? Like this energy of like you're supposed to struggle. And I'm not asking for like, you know, silver spoons, but there are a lot of people who have silver spoons. I mean, yes. you know, when you go, when you go around New York City or LA, you're like, these fucking the rent is insane, and people are paying it. So yes. talk to me about the people who don't have access to that, who don't have those resources. Yeah, and the idea of saying you should just get a different job, get the fuck out of here. What? It's wild. And then sometimes it's like, well, I do have a job, and I live in my car because I literally cannot pay mm-hmm. rent. Mm-hmm. It's wild in these streets. It is. It is. <sighs> Real quick, we have to take a break. <gasps> I hate breaks, but I understand we got to pay the bills. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to get it off your chest with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp help.com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Tricks, parables, tips, and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bop, beep, we're back. Okay. Hey. Okay, so, Brandon. Yes. You are not single no you have a husband i do you have a dog i do you met on tinder we did tell me about it oh my goodness where are all these facts coming from how you know i know right Lindsay, (laughs) my assistant my new assistant is honestly i don't know how she does it all on it she's on it bother her all day every day with questions for me and she gets it all done she gets these, like, I asked for a one-pager on guests. Yeah. There's three pages on you. Wow. I have three fucking pages three of information pages. on pages. Yes. All right. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, all those. <laughs> look at me. I feel so fancy and important. I feel worthy. I feel valuable. I feel necessary. Um, uh, my, yeah, but we met on Tinder. So we met uh, seven years ago, actually, uh, on Tinder. I had a one-way ticket to LA. He had a one-way ticket to Oakland. Um, he was swiping for dick because he just got back from uh, Peace Corps in Uganda um, mm. and was going to stay. He was living in upstate New York, uh, right outside of Poughkeepsie Fishkill. Although he says that's not upstate, but I'm like, if it's not in the boroughs, it's upstate. So fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so he he had set his like radius or whatever to a very large rail because ain't nobody in fish kill. <laughs> so I can dick like yeah, that. Yeah, trying to catch all the fish. <laughs> Absolutely. So he matched with me, and I wasn't. I had like just sworn off men in general because I had just like broken up with somebody, and I was like, men suck. I'm a man in my career. Mm-hmm. And I was heading to LA, but I was like, all right, I'll go on this date because it'll be good material for like. At the time, I was doing stand-up, very short-lived stand-up career. I was like, it'll be good material. <laughs> um, and we met, and um, he, we learned had Giardia, but he didn't know at the time. So, like, Giardia is like a stomach bug thing, so he couldn't really eat. He was also vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I'm ordering all the chicken fingers, french fries, and mozzarella sticks. And I ate all of it in front of him, and he ain't eat nothing. And I was like, bet. And then I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, I had plans because uh, you know this is what you're supposed to do on a date. You're supposed to have other plans uh, mm-hmm. after the date so that you don't like give away all your tea. So I had mm-hmm. uh, plans at to see a show at like eight or something. So he like walked me to the theater, and on that walk was I think when I fell for him. Um, and then Aww. I saw the show and he was like, maybe like later we could hang out cause I'm gonna go dancing. I was like, all right, cool. Give me a call. So I saw the show, went to the after party, went home, started doing my laundry. It's 11 o'clock at night. You know me, 11 o'clock. I'm staying home. I got a text mm-hmm. from this man. When I tell you I got into a cab so fast and got my ass back downtown 
to go meet this man. Apparently, when I walked in, he was kissing somebody. I didn't see it. He saw me push that guy away. <laughs> we spent the rest of the evening together. I had to leave him at 4 a.m. We were in the bathroom urinal. It turned 4 a.m., uh, you know, peeking at each other's penises in the mm-hmm. urinal. Um, as one does, romantic, romance. <laughs> um, but I had to leave because there was a guy who I was kind of seeing in Syracuse who uh-huh. was getting into town at like 4.30 a.m. to stay with me. Wow. So I left my hus- my now husband, and I went home to meet this guy who spent the weekend with me, and then I never saw that guy again. Um, and then now I'm married to Matthew. I love it. Honestly, I love it specifically <laughs> because... He was kissing someone, pushed him away. You came in, you danced all night. You said, gotta go, have other plans. And those (laughs) other plans were to fuck somebody else for the whole weekend. Yes. I'm like very envious of people who get to live lives like that. (laughs) That's just like, God did not see that for me. That's just a whole life. That's just hoeing. I want to be a hoe. You want to be a hoe? You want to be a hoe? I would love... So, I I mean, right now, technically, I am, like, horny for love. But, like, being (laughs) a hoe seems so fun. It is really fun. And, you know, I'm an H-E-A-U-X hoe, which I think is different than an H-O-E hoe. And then there's H-O. One's a tool, right? Is H-O the tool or H-O-E the tool? H-O-E is the tool. Okay, then H-O is, like, the traditional hoe. And then H-E-A-U-X, to me, is a real hoe, which is, like, you reclaim your sexuality, you reclaim your vibes, you are, you know, unpacking the shame of around sex and the oppressive Mm -hmm. nature of sex, um, kind of uh, the, the religious shame around all of it um i think you're also communicate and you take care of your partners to me like that is that's my, that's the whole phase i'm interested in not not a fuck boy phase or a fuck they phase really no, a whole phase just like i kind of i i like what i feel like the world is heading to it's funny <laughs> because my instagram feed is just like lots of queer non-binary allies people like don't, I mean, I don't shave my armpits. A lot of other women who don't shave their armpits. Uh, not binary people with like titties, but mustaches. Yes, yes. And like, I just like really love people that. living their best truths or whatever. And yes. then it's funny that I like went to Studio City today and I was like, ah, okay. Yes, the normies, the normal people <laughs> who haven't quite gotten there. And to me, it's so jarring when I leave my little either Instagram hole or like my friends. Yeah. Like I had a party where I had a non binary friend who might seem masculine in like a little one piece bathing suit. And I was just like, it felt good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. where, where is this? I want more. Yeah. It's wild that it doesn't exist. I just watched this thing uh, that Alok, do you know Alok? I don't know how to pronounce their last yes, name, I know but Alok them. is incredible. Oh. Um, and they just posted something that I was like, this is incredible. Just talking about how um, on Instagram, uh, you know, people love to follow queer people and gender non-conforming people, non-binary people, and but it's kind of like a freak show. But they don't care mm-hmm. to see us on runways. They don't care to see us mm-hmm. sitting next to them. It's always like this digital kind of quote-unquote freak show. Um, and where are we uh, in kind of IRL on TV and media, like in 
in value as well, which doesn't quite exist. And it's so sad because our influence is everywhere, you know, like to the Mm -hmm. beginning of our conversation, especially just as black folks, as black queer folks, our, our influence, our cadence, our, our language, our clothing, our hairstyles. I mean, come on, the Kardashians, like it's everywhere. (laughs) And yet we Uh aren't, uh, allowed to be at the table for it um so we got to build our own fucking tables it is a while did you see kim's recent i think it was like interview, interview mag? magazine yeah. cover where i was like so now we're yeah. co-opting drag like that yeah. was a very draggy look and a jock yeah. strap with the femme i was like that's for me very camp draggy slash non-binary like mm. playing with gender and it's like well kim does it does that like are we now gonna open up the conversation about how like it's okay to dress how you want or does kim just get to be kim and then that's that i think that that is what is always the disappointing part of that stuff is that even like with like you know uh, no disrespect to harry styles or whatever like harry wearing a dress which i think is no, fabulous we can like- disrespect it he's a <laughs> cis white man who paints his nails and dresses in female clothing and is being heralded as like a groundbreaking. Yes. When I'm like, I don't know. Why is it groundbreaking? Why? Why are we exalting that? Timothy Chalamet recently at the Venice with the with the red um uh the red outfit with the kind of backless yeah, it was like a halter yeah like the, these you know straight cis or you know I don't, I don't want to uh, assume anyone's yeah we don't actually but know but seemingly seemingly presenting as cis white um seemingly presenting as het kind of doing these gender bending, gender non-conforming stuff with their fashion get praised and Mm -hmm. protected and valued. But those of us who actually, like that is our, our, that's our bread and butter. That's what we do. That's how we live day to day um, are constantly worried about our safety, constantly worried about, um, you know, if this, if this outfit is going to stop us from getting that job or et cetera, et cetera. And so styles is whole like (laughs) watermelon sugar, (laughs) fucking evolution reminds me a lot of miley cyrus and no shade to miley lover very fun bangers one of my one of my favorite fucking albums but she was like black for a minute oh yes and then she was like hey y'all uh now now i'm I'm back and i'm doing country (laughs) and it's just like same with jt justin timberlake did the symbol similar as well where he was black as hell. I was Justin really just was invited to the BET Awards, honey. Like, yes, white people don't get invited very to the inclusive. BET Awards. We'll invite you. We'll we invite will. you. Beyonce, she didn't get no CMT nominations or whatever. But guess what? Come we on. had Billy Ray do his duet with Lil Nas. Come on, Lil Nas X. We love we love inclusion. You do something. You do inclusion. a bop. Come on over. But it's not the other way around. And it's also very quiet when we need them to be loud, which is... Correct. That's the devastating thing. It's like, do whatever you want. Dress however you want, but Mm -hmm. also acknowledge where it comes from and protect those people um, who have fought to be able to, you know, be mask presenting wearing a dress or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever the vibe is. Uh, And that kind of, uh, that loudness, it's very quiet. Let's just say that. It is quiet, and it is pretty wild when you think about it. What's wild to you? Tell me. Just that, like, white people can do literally whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, ah. when you, like, re- like when it really boils yeah, down yeah. to it, yeah. you're like, ugh. Uh, like, I watched yeah. a video of this white lady. She had some baby hairs, and she was like, 
I'm calling these um, slick downers or something. And I was something. like, ma'am. Baby. <laughs> surely <laughs> what are you, talking about? you didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to do it. You saw this somewhere. You saw it. Or the the tick, I think for a minute TikTok, uh, like the skincare people were were putting uh, Vaseline on their faces and calling it like smat slugging or something like that. And it was like, bitch, what? Like my grandmother used to slather <laughs> Vaseline on my face from the, you did not invent a new skincare yeah, routine, you didn't mama. Do it. Like, I was like a white lady was selling bonnets for like two hundred dollars, and I was like, a bonnet? I go to Amazon, give her a dollar. Period. What are we all doing? It's it is, uh, to your point, it is wild when you, like, sit down and think, oh, like, <laughs> my, because it's so second nature, because you, you've been doing it since you were little. I've been doing it since I was little, like, correcting yourself and mm-hmm. watching yourself and protecting yourself. And then you realize that white people, like, don't do that in the no. same way at all. They don't um, have to. They don't have to. They can say whatever. I had a, I had somebody, I'm not going to say anything, but a, a black girlfriend of mine, um, who's a writer was telling me that somebody had said to her when she got nominated for something that they were like, you know that you're not going to come to the ceremony. You're not, you're not allowed at the ceremony. Just like uh, this mutual white male friend. And it was like, I can't even imagine fixing my mouth to say that to somebody, Truly. but the privilege of this white man felt he could just say to her, this black woman, you know, I know you wrote that episode, but you're not, you're not coming in to the ceremony so that is just so you know absolutely wild insane i i don't like that at all but it was like i was like shocked at that and i was like oh that is privilege that is an intense Mm -hmm. enormous amount of privilege where the way that the cis white person exists they don't have to think about what they're saying because there are no Mm -hmm. consequences for what they say yeah i had to have a couple of conversations with some um, ivory friends who were <laughs> upset that they would go out for the side character in something and be like, ugh, it went diverse. Ugh, it's hard uh, for me to get in a room because they're only hiring diverse people. And I'm like, <clears throat> if the lead was a person of color, then they could go non-diverse or or include white people in the secondary parts. They didn't have to fill the lead with a white person and then go, oh shit, we gotta throw some sort of something in here. Absolutely. I, I'm the magical queer Negro where they put it all in one. It's like, yes. oh, they're gay and they're of color. Boom. They're we gay, they're check, of check. color, they have all the wisdom, they dress snazzy, <laughs> and they live for you, honey. And it's like, you, this basic white lady, I live for you. Get real. Get real. Never. And then with writer's rooms, I hear it a lot. They're like, oh, they're not reading anymore like white people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because they have um, their room them. of 10. They have nine white people. Um, the 10th one is a upper level person of color. And then the studio gave them money to hire another black person Literally. that doesn't come out of their budget. So that's why they're doing it, which Literally. is fucked up. It's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> and it's so whenever I hear a friend say that, I'm like, ah! but why are you saying that? When I first moved to LA, it was like, uh, it's such a good time to be black. Why people would say yes. this to be an audition? It's such a, oh, what a great time to be black. Like, you know, y'all, y'all are getting all the parts. I was like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, show me. Show me. Show like, me. Break it down. Let's see. Let's see a beautiful fucking pie chart 
of what we see on television. I guarantee you yeah. it's still 90% white. 99% white. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Like, because Scandal was on the air, you're like, oh, it's a good time to be like, get the fuck out And that's here. not to say, I don't love, I love a messy white I, I love, love a messy it. white woman who's like, I can't get it together. You know? but I love like, a white family that it's <laughs> fucked up. I love that. Love it. <laughs> give me a fucked up white family yes. any day. I'll watch. I'll watch. But for every fucked up white family, <laughs> give me a fucked up Puerto Rican family. Please. Iranian family. Please. I don't know. We're the fucking mixing pot, melting pot. Let the TV show it. Something. Something. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that for sure. Real quick. We have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. Okay, we still have to talk about relationships. It's a relationship podcast. I love how I keep saying, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So, okay. So you guys, you dated long distance for one whole year. Yes, we did. How was it? 
hard. Um, uh, hold on one second. Can I let my husband in real fast? No, <laughs> leave him out. Leave, no, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Please leave let that him white in. man outside. Um, <laughs> 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 no way, reparations. He could stand outside for a little longer. <laughs> I just texted him to come in. Um, yeah, what was it like to to date long distance? It was really um, dating long distance was hard in the first couple months because we were doing New York to Oakland and so the mm-hmm. time difference right like when I'm waking up he's in the dead of sleep when he's getting mm-hmm. his day together like I'm like wrapping up so that was hard when we moved when I moved to LA and so we were doing LA to Oakland same time time zone um it was much easier um but still challenging you know it's hard to be away from your partner um we and I've heard this from other long distance relationships like Oh, here he comes, here, here he comes, here he comes, and he's going to run in. My love, we still recording, so if you just scurry to the bedroom. Oh, sure. That would be wonderful. Scurry to the bedroom. That's a white word. They understand that, scurry. That's really funny. For us, that's sc- it's scurry. That's different. Scurry. You know? you scurry. Scurry. Scurry, scurry around. <laughs> scurry, honey. Scurry. <laughs> Black people go, oh, that's scurry. That movie is scurry for our white people. That's how they move. They, they scurry. <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to do the, I have to know how to code switch. <laughs> so it was easier in, per- it was easier in the same time zone, but I've heard from other long distance that two weeks is like, if you can see each other every two weeks that's ideal three weeks y'all start arguing with each other for no reason so the max mm-hmm. we would go is about three weeks we got us a little southwest card racked up some bills flying okay. back and forth because um, i did the drive twice no thank my god you. no thank you no thank you my god that too long, is terrible. Too hot, too long. Traffic, <laughs> too long, real. Too hot traffic it's not pretty it's awful um and then after a year you know my ass was never moving to Oakland. Not not ever. That was never even an option. <laughs> what? Get out of here. Yeah, no. Um, no. Uh, but he didn't really like living there and the job that he had. He didn't love, so he moved to L.A. And, and then that was an adjustment, you know? I love it. And then you got married in the middle. You got married in Santa Barbara. Yes. Wow. Your system really. <laughs> I'm, like, I kid you not, this woman is incredible. Like, I... The thing she she'll like anticipate stuff, and I'm like, what the fuck? Um, love her, but yeah, you got married in Santa Barbara. We got married in Santa Barbara in a courthouse. In a courthouse, which the Santa Barbara courthouse is gorgeous. Basically, mm-hmm. we were trying to start planning a wedding, and I was like, I still got student loan debts, and the chairs are gonna cost ten thousand dollars. You out your fucking mind? <laughs> Let me tell you one thing about me: not paying ten thousand dollars for the one fucking folding no, chairs. Truly, that's wild. The wedding, like the wedding industry, is a scam. Do it, have fun, but it is a scam. Scam. <laughs> it's yes. a full on scam. Yes, you find one white woman who's like, I can get you anything you want. And then she's like, here's the bill. And it's a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> hundred dollars for having a wedding at the park around the corner. Like, no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Community park. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so we were like, let's go to the courthouse because the Santa Barbara courthouse is gorgeous. Um, to the point where we took photos outside uh, and I sent, I posted it and I had a couple friends passive aggressively be like, oh, so happy um, that you had a wedding. Um Congratulations. Uh, wish I could have been there. <laughs> That's very funny. And you're like, babe, we're literally like, on a sidewalk. Baby, it's a sidewalk. <laughs> it's just me and him and like two other people like you're good. Um, and so we've been married for, it'll be four years in January. 
Congratulations. Who proposed to who? We uh, proposed to each other uh, because we were arguing about who would propose to who. And my therapist, who happens to be um, a queer Latin-A woman, was like, why are you being so heterosexual? It's just feeling Ah. very patriarchal. It's giving. It's giving heterosexuality. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I was like, oh, fair. Drag me, Vanessa. Um, (laughs) So I talked to Matthew about it. And he was like, yeah. So we, like, planned it. We, like, woke up one morning. I said, do you want to get engaged today? Um, And he said, I would love to. Uh, I went to work teaching spin class, came home. We went picked out rings. And then later that night, we went to Griffith Observatory um, I took some photos and then uh, it was too crazy so we went down to the bottom and I literally proposed in like the dirt where they're like picnic benches and so we have photos of me on my knee him on his knee and oh, it was real cute I like that I've talked about it before on the podcast but I feel like a surprise alright whatever that's fine who cares but I think it's it, it means more or at least in my brain and my little heart it means more to have a conversation. Would you like to get engaged today? Yeah, yes. sure, why not? Okay, let's go ring shopping together so we can actually pick out what the fuck we like. And then we get to just ask each other. Even though we know the answer. We know the answer. But, but it feels like... like yeah. But to me, and, it, you know, again, we grew up watching the fairy tales. So, yes, we did want the, you know, the person to, like, pop mm-hmm. the question. But logistically, logically, like when you really think about it, it's like it is a big fucking deal to tell somebody you want to spend your life with them. Not just spend your life with them romantically, but like I want to link my bank accounts with you. I want my credit score to be a link to you. I want like (laughs) like your your whole world to come together. It's a it's it's a big deal. And this idea that it's just going to be a surprise. <laughs> like, I'm going yeah. to hope. We're just going to go, uh, here you go. You here want you go. it? It's like, yeah. oh, my God, Ooh. okay. Yeah. It's like, no, I feel like it should be a conversation. It should be like, a, we want to we do this. And there's something about it happening together, like both mm-hmm. of us deciding together. I don't care what your gender is, but just two people having uh, agency and autonomy in that decision as opposed to it just like being sprung on you and you being like, oh, Y- yes <laughs> that just seems wild i mean honestly i would like to have a conversation before it happens if it ever happens for me and then i would like to say you know me i love drama <laughs> we must go to a public place maybe the grove in front of the cheesecake factory where the fountain is um and i would like you to get on a knee and i would like you to loudly scream will you yes. marry me I will cry, boo-hoo, say yes, and then I'll get on my knee, and then I'll propose to you, and hopefully you'll be a boisterous person, you'll scream, (laughs) you'll run around, and then people will be like, oh my God, and then we'll jump in the fountain, and we'll be escorted out of the grove. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) With your mozzarella sticks from Cheesecake Factory, absolutely, we got a to-go bag, (laughs) absolutely. I love that. The thing is, I think sometimes we think that like planning it takes away the surprise and the sentimentality of it. It does it because it's still a big fucking deal like to love somebody so much to say i want to share my life with you no Mm -hmm. matter if you know it's coming or not especially even if you know it's coming it's still so beautiful and special and and i'm team plan your engagement with each other this i love so how long did you date before you got married um we were together god math uh i think we were together three years engaged for 
together two years, engaged for one, and now we've been married for four. That'll make seven. Yeah. That. Oh my word, that's such a long time. I love it. Yeah. Before your husband, were you? What were the other relationships you were in? Were, were they long term, short term? Yeah, um, I was notoriously a two monther, um, and oh. I and I actually said to to Matthew, I was like, just so you know, I get bored after two months. I literally, I was unhinged. <laughs> I love it. I was unhinged. Messy, I was, just being like, just so you know, just so bye you bye. know, there's a timeline on this babe. I was at that <laughs> when we met. I was really done with men. I was really, really like fucking over it, and so I did. You ever listen to um? Lauren Hill's Unplugged album. Have you ever no, listened to that? No, I haven't. Lauren Hill put out this album on MTV Unplugged like decades ago, but she does a lot of really long interludes where she talks. <laughs> and her whole thing was like, people trying to pretend like there's something they're not when they're dating is crazy because eventually you're going to find out the truth. And so mm-hmm. that's how I decided to approach this relationship. I was like, listen, this is what I do. This is what I like. This is how I act. Two months, you gone. It obviously lasted longer, but previously my relationships were about two, three months. There was one long-term relationship that was about two and a half years or two years. It was an emotionally abusive relationship, so we had to get out of that. Uh, Mm. But that was probably the longest uh, relationship outside of my marriage. Huh. I don't know how to do that. I I can't even imagine being with someone for so long. I feel like I'd constantly be like, do you still like me? Am I uh, annoying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there definitely was a period of that where you're like, you're, you are insecure about... I think that, you know, somebody said, I forget who says it, but uh, a relationship is where two people come to heal their childhood wounds. Um, mm. And I fully, fully believe that. Like, if your eyes are open, like, your partner with the right partner, you're really... it's it's less about them and more about you, more about like what are the stuff that this relationship triggers? What are the attachments? What are the insecurities that this thing triggers? And so there's a beautiful opportunity to really learn more about yourself and grow with yourself as you grow with that partner. If you're both in it with your eyes open, there are a lot of people who are in relationships with their eyes closed. They're just in it because they want to be in a relationship Mm. as opposed to the emphasis being on the partner, right? The emphasis being on like what kind of person do I want to spend time with uh, and who I can like grow and move through these difficult moments with. And so, yes, insecurity is going to come up. Do I like you? Do you like me? All that's going to come up. But hopefully you have a partner who can talk you down off the ledge and (laughs) remind you (laughs) how loved you are and who wants to figure out how to help you feel that and remind you of that and you want to do the same for them. Um, So, yeah, we had, I mean, we had our... There was definitely a midpoint before the pandemic. We went to couples therapy, and I've said it to him. I'll say it to you: if we did not go to couples therapy, the pandemic would have. I would have gotten divorced. Period. Mm-hmm. I'm fully clear on that because we had gotten to, we had gotten to our to like our top to our cap with the language and the understanding that we both had right in our own lives. Mm-hmm. It was as much as we could grow together. We had done it. Um, and so to get to that next level was going to need professional help. Um, and if we didn't get that, you know, you just get mad at each other and you get those insecurities come back up and, and there's no way to communicate about it. And, and you're just constantly clashing. And I think that that. I do you think it. that's like really important for people to think about. Like, I think it's like couples therapy. You can even do it when things are good, but it's like, okay, I recognize a pattern and a problem. 
So like, let's just nip it in the bud because we can't seem to communicate in a way that's going to help. So why don't we get an unbiased person who's not in this to have eyes on this to like, tell me what's wrong? Yes. You know? Absolutely. I think that it's, there's, I think about this with dating. I think about this with marriage. I think about it with parenting. There's this ego thing that like, we should all know how to do it. Um, and most of us didn't see it. Like I had a single mother. I didn't see a relationship. So how would I know how to actually successfully be in it? Some Mm -hmm. people have both their parents who were dysfunctional. So how would you actually know how to actually be in a relationship if you haven't been taught? This is our first time doing life. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never had kids. How would I know how to raise kids? Like this fear of, um, asking for help and asking for support and it, making people feel like they're weak or they're dumb um, or that they don't know, like that they should just know. I should just know how to raise it. It's like, no, you shouldn't. Like Mm -hmm. this is your first time uh, on planet earth. So uh, wouldn't it be great to just have some support, whether that's in a book, whether that's podcast, whether that's seeing a therapist, but like Mm -hmm. really looking for the information and being curious about what it means to be in a relationship successfully, what it means to parent successfully, what it means to be married successfully. Like it's a learning curve. And I I think that we need to, I don't know, put more emphasis and value on learning and, and not so much on like, I should just know because the fairy tales didn't teach shit. No, they really don't. One fairy tale is about a half fish woman. Maybe. I mean, I was always like Cinderella. That and Cinderella to me is one of the stories that fucks me up the most because I'm always like, Mama lost her mom, lost her dad, was locked up in a tower in the mm-hmm. top room with some evil ass uh, stepmom and stepsisters. Then mm-hmm. marries a prince, and we supposed to expect that everything went well when all her yeah. friends were mice. Fuck out of here. Yeah, this uh, bitch uh, talks to mice. To mice. There's no way that that prince is like she's a okay in my book. <laughs> he probably wakes up in the morning. He's like. Oh, she's talking to the she's talking she's to birds talking now. To I don't know. I think my wife is <laughs> is going through it. Going I think it might it. be a manageable mental illness, but definitely some trauma to go through. And he's been privileged his whole life and has had his ass wiped this whole life. Like, how's he being a good partner? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like if we really were to like stay with Cinderella and the Prince post happily ever after, you'd be like, there's some mm-hmm. craziness. Same happening. with Beauty and the Beast. I read Absolutely. this theory that like he would break things in the room and you have to remember a lot of his things are people. (laughs) (laughs) So this man is killing people as a beast traps this woman, gives her books and a dress. Stockholm syndrome sets in. She falls in love. He turns into like a cute ish man. And she's like, I love him. Okay, <laughs> I love him. That's my man. That's my boo. He be That's murdering. I love him. He, he kidnapped me, but I love him. That's my man. I stand by my man. So funny. <laughs> like, Brandon, it's crazy. Yes. I could truly talk to you forever. All but day. But we are at the end. Yes. I'm so sad about it. Okay, tell me. What would you like to promote? The biggest thing I want to promote is my book. Yes, 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 yes. My book, You Gotta Be You, which comes out on September 27th. And it's, uh, I say it's a part uh, self-help, part memoir, learning to love the intersections of one's identity, um, specifically my black queer identity. And the governing question that I start the book off with is, who would I be if society never got its hands on me? Um, To me, to everything we're talking about, it's so important to me that we challenge what we've been told and taught by society and our family about 
our looks, about our, you know, how we talk, how we speak, how we dress, um, where we find joy and love. You know, so much of it is by rote and because we saw it and not enough of like, I'm choosing this. You know, like the the, the basic example is always like, you know, can am I allowed to wear a dress? Why can't I wear a dress? Why why can't Brandon Kyle Goodman in this male body with a penis wear a dress? What who does that hurt? Um, and I have to give myself the freedom to at least try it on. Why can't I give myself the freedom to just try it the fuck on and see if I like it, see if it's something that um, that I value? And I might not like it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't need somebody to tell me because I'm a male or I'm a man or whatever I can't do X Y and Z. Or I'm a woman I can't do X Y and Z. So who would you be if society never got its hands on you? Um, and just really want people to be you. That is such an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I like I I I know I should end the podcast, but like I mean this episode, but that's such a curious question. What would we all be like if what would we all like, be like? So I had a friend growing up who would wear a dress, her Dorothy costume from the Wizard of Oz to school, mm-hmm. and she would only respond to Dorothy. And the teacher had a parent-teacher conference with her mother, and the teacher was like, "You know, you're not Dorothy, right? Like, you're like you can't. We can't just call you Dorothy." And she was like, "I'm I'm just pretending." And then my friend from that day on never pretended again. And wow, it killed it. A fun person, but I would say, I think would be a more whimsical person if that interaction did not happen. It's. Me personally, I, I, I hate math because that. of Ms. Gizzy, who got married and now she's Mrs. Rosado. I'll put names out there. Accuse me of cheating <laughs> yes. on a fucking math test. I wasn't cheating. The way my brain works is I would look at answers and work backwards. And then if I couldn't get backwards, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. But yeah. like, I just couldn't. Uh, anyway, we do have to wrap up. So if you like this podcast, you can later, you can write it, rate it. Oh, wait, no, Brandon, would you date me? Yes. I ask everybody this. Oh my God. Like you said, I would talk to you for hours. So yes, we could date and we would be a power couple. The girls wouldn't know what to do with us. They okay. sure wouldn't. Another question. <laughs> yes. Do you like Beyonce's new album? Yes. I love it very okay, much. Okay, great. I'm very suspicious of people who don't like it because I people too. I didn't like them. the first single. And I was like, you fucking ungrateful ingrates. You're she ungrateful. gave us the bop of the summer. For us to like summer. fucking be in the clubs. Saying, get rid of your job for yourself. Break my soul. Yes, I love yes. it. Anyway. <laughs> well, we should have seen you. You lucky you didn't start with Renaissance because we would. This would have been a Renaissance <sighs> podcast. Because I mean, it's a perfect album, top to bottom. From top to um, bottom, what's your favorite song? I loved song? Lemonade, but I thought Lemonade lacked without the visuals. Beyonce was a beautiful album. Yes, I. Oh, I'm also oh. a fan of Four. I thought, but the ballads on Four, but Renaissance feels like. It feels like all of that, all those albums, like as King Lemonade, Beyonce, like this, like uh-huh, in uh-huh. one kind of perfectly curated. What's and your favorite song? My favorite song, Alien Superstar. I yes. really love Cozy. I think it's Virgo something. Groove? Virgo's Groove. Yes. Plastic off the sofa into Virgo's Groove. I was literally just listening to this. Um, so I have it right up on my phone. But um, there's one that I really, really love. Move with Grace Jones oh, is incredible. Move is um, and great. then Summer Renaissance is that where she is sampling? Um, yes, Donna Summers. Donna Summer. Yes, yeah, yes, that's yes. also gr- honestly, it's top to bottom is a great unskippable. <laughs> it's it's, it's, yes. it's beautiful. 
It's beautiful. Cuff it will always like I, when that comes on in the car. I want to flex something up. Uh, like, come on. Say, also, church girl. Church oh, girl. Beyonce. Are you a church girl? I'm gonna go see her on tour. I, if <gasps> I have to miss work, I'll fucking do it. It's, I do we'll, not care. Look, call me. We'll go to the LA one. Yes, oh, I, I will. You know, love there's supposed to be two more acts, and I was like, I don't know if she's gonna do them separately or like do all three and do a concert. But if she does three separate concerts, I, I will be at all three. She can have. All I will the money. go to all three as well. And I'm like, what is next? So I do, I think she's going to do, so this one's House. I think she might do a, a country album. I heard country and then I heard like R&B, like traditional like R&B. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I'm here for it. I'm okay. here for it. We have to wrap it up. We have to okay. wrap up. So if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, rate it, subscribe, whatever. Uh, give me five star rating on iTunes or I, Apple fucking podcast. Um, and if you write me a nasty ass message hitting on me to why won't you date me at gmail.com, I will read it aloud. Also, Mars, my producer, she is the one who reads it. Do not send her dick pics. She don't want them. Okay. This nice person said, hi, baby. It's me, Tommy, the Australian DJ from Raya. I, <laughs> what? I, I know I was all endless chats on the app. But I promise you, you'll love me once you get to know me. I totally go down on you, and I'd fuck you till you come. I'll only ghost you, like, for two weeks before inviting you to my super sick set I have at a no-name club. I treat you special, little girl, and let you worship my below-average cock. Huh. I'll, it'll, be one, it'll be big one day. Just you wait. This huh. seems so personal. Because I did date a person named Tommy from an app, but they were not an Australian DJ from Raya. This I this is strange to me. It's not a good sell. Below average dick is not a good sell. You know, sometimes people like to do that to like undersell things, and they're like, "Guess what? It's big." Yeah. But guess what? Usually, yeah, not that, it's not that big. It's not that big. <laughs> All right. Well, get Brandon's book. You gotta be you. How to embrace this messy life and step into who you really are. Okay, yeah, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.